Mooch crashes Barty Party. Medvedev's winning streak continues. Epic comeback from Stefanos Sistapas. So those stories and more. On day 10 of the 2021 Australian Open. So I'm Rob. And I'm Alicia. And you're listening to the Rabisha Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Why do you always have to say... So I'm Rob. <laughs> oh, no, Why do you need line. a so? <laughs> I'm Rob. You don't need the words. So. <coughs> uh, so quarterfinals action continued today. And we saw a bit of a big upset with the world number one, Ashley Barty, falling to Carolina Muchova in three sets. Barty looked to be cruising to another Australian Open semi-final after having reached that stage last year. After winning the first set 6-1 and she was up 2-love in the second set. But then Muchova called for the trainer and she was assessed and taken away. Around 10 minutes later she returned and there was a dramatic transformation in the way she played. She started to mix her shots up. Barty was suddenly making a lot of unforced errors. And Muchova ran away with the second set and then continued to dominate and she won the match in three sets. After the match she said she was feeling a bit dizzy and not with it so she had her blood pressure checked, heart rate checked and then I don't know if they gave her any special potions or or what they did but whatever happened to her that 10 minute break made a huge difference to the match and the Barty party is over. That break has caused quite a bit of controversy. Uh, Once again, people are saying, is it the right thing to be able to take a break when you're just not feeling good at the time? But she was feeling dizzy, so it's within the rules. So as they are, she did nothing wrong. And Barty agrees. She got asked like six times in her press conference Uh, and kept just saying, it's in the rules, you can do what you want. uh, And she said, I don't write the rules. So what she did was... Fair enough, so no hard feelings against Carolina, but she did break the rhythm that Barty had shown and suddenly started playing a lot better. But I guess when you're feeling dizzy, it's a bit hard to be playing at the top of your game. So she's now into her first ever Grand Slam semi-final and she had to await the outcome of the All-American quarterfinal. And in that one we saw... Jessica Pagula take the first set quite comfortably before Jennifer Brady hit back to win the next two sets and then she advanced. So no matter what happens, we're going to have a first-time Grand Slam finalist in the women's because Muchova and Brady are in both in the semis and both never made a final before at a Grand Slam level. Brady has made the semis before doing so at the US Open last year. But for Muchova, it's her first time getting to this stage. So there will be a new finalist, therefore potentially a new Grand Slam champion on Saturday night. But they do have the tough assignment of taking on the winner of the Osaka-Williams match, so it won't be easy. No. And then on the men's side, we saw... The afternoon matchup between the two Russians, Medvedev and Rublev. 
So it was quite warm that afternoon. The players were struggling a bit dealing with the heat, just coming from Europe and there hasn't been a lot of hot weather in Melbourne so far. But it was Medvedev that pretty much dominated his good friend and took the match in three straight sets. There was one huge rally where I went for about 30 shots and at the end of that, Rublev was... 40. 40 shots. Oh, I didn't actually see it, but I thought that's what they said. 40 possibly. At the end of that, Rublev was bent over at the end of the court, almost ready to collapse. And the heat definitely so, affected him more than it affected yeah, so, Medvedev. So it was a tough one for Rublev. Medvedev having won this match, he continues his winning streak. It's up to 19 now. And it's at 11 against top 10 players. So 19, how'd you get 19? He won two tournaments at the end of last year. Hmm. And he played the ATP Cup. There you go. So he's up to 19 now. And and he's played against top 10s. He's played 11 matches since the US Open. And he has, against top 10s, and he's won them all 11 times, so his streak continues. But next up, he faces Stefanos Sistapas, who made a pretty big comeback against the number two in the world, Rafael Nadal. Nadal was looking good in the first two sets, winning pretty comfortably 6-3, 6-2. And then the second set, so the third set, I mean, Sistapas, he... He just lifted his game, was making less errors and just playing at a much a high level, and they were both players were just holding serve like nice and easily, barely dropping any points on serve, and so it went to a tie break, which a few bad errors from Nadal that cost him the tie break. He including a missed some sma two big, smashes, two smashes and a badly framed shot that went flying out the back. That was in the tiebreak, wasn't it? Or yeah, was they the were all in the tiebreak. Uh, so very unlike Rafa. And then in the fourth set, they were both holding serve until the ninth game where Sister Pass was able to score the break, giving him a 5-4 lead, and that allowed him to serve out the set, taking it to a fifth set, where there were no breaks of serve up until the end where Sister Pass broke for a 6-5 lead and once again the chance to serve it out. He did. It took him to his third. He fell behind Love point. 30. And then Nadal uh, broke. Tsitsipas had two match points. Then it went to Juice. Nadal had a break back point then failed to convert that after a forced forehand error. Tsitsipas finally had another match point which he converted with a backhand winner to take the match 7-5. So it's so, a pretty big comeback, very rarely do people manage to come back against Nadal when they're two sets to love down. So I think it's only happened once before hasn't it? Yeah I think saying. Nadal's only lost once when he's up two sets to love and I think Sister Pass has only won once where he was down uh, two sets. Early in his career, so it hasn't happened that often where he's actually played five sets. But this time he did it four hours, five minutes to knock out 
the world number two. Who Breaking was, a chance for history. Yes, he was aiming for his 21st Grand Slam, which would put him one ahead of Roger Federer on the all-time list, but not to be. So Titsi Pass Medvedev will be one semi-final. And then we've also got Djokovic and Karatsev, yeah. so Hello. we could have an all-Russian Yes, could be final. an all-Russian final. And we also could have an all-American final on the women's yep. side, being Brady, who advanced today, and Serena Williams, who advanced yesterday to the semis. And looking ahead at tomorrow, we have the women's semi-final day. So we've got a big matchup between Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams. As we said in yesterday's episode, it really could go either way. Osaka leads the head-to-head 2-1. However, it was Williams who beat, who won last time, so I don't even know which way it will go. Can't call that one. But Williams has been in great form. She's really chasing the ball well, defending well, and of course she's always got big serves, big ground strokes. So Naomi Osaka is pretty similar in the way she plays, but Williams is probably having the edge in movement and being able to chase the ball. So. Depends on the nerves on the day, but Osaka on the big stage at the 2018 US Open, despite all the controversy going on around her, she managed to win on that occasion. Then on the other semi-final, Carolina Muchova, 25th seed, takes on Jennifer Brady, the 22nd seed. So Muchova's had a fantastic run where she's had big comebacks. Uh, can she do it again? Or will she just jump out to a lead? Or will Jennifer Brady be too good for her? Brady making the semi-finals at the US Open, but losing first round at the French Open. In the night session, we've got Novak Djokovic taking on a qualifier, Aslan Karatsev. So number one versus 114 in the rankings. Definitely, no one probably really expected that at the beginning of the tournament, but here we are. Karatsev has had an amazing run, taking out, who did he beat? He beat Schwartzman, he took out Dimitrov. Felix. That's right, Felix, Borger, Alice. Did he beat But he's also a qualifier, but he had the unique experience this time of having qualified over in... Doha. Doha, and then they had to come back for quarantine before starting the tournament and they also had a lead-in tournament. Did he play that? I guess so. But rather than having qualifying and then a day or two off, he went... Was he in the ATP Cup? Oh yeah, he was playing the ATP Cup. So he had a unique lead-up to the Australian Open. He played the ATP Cup in the doubles where he didn't actually win a match. But Medvedev and Rublev each time won the single, so it didn't really matter. And then he came into the Australian Open and he has made history. Yep, but this year qualifying, it's not like they played their matches just before the tournament. Yeah. So it's not like they've played, like, however many matches to play in qualifying. played three in qualifying and then six to get to where, well, five to get to where he is now. But he played his qualifying matches like a month ago. Yeah. More than that. Oh, more than that, was it? Well, they were in quarantine by now. June. Oh, January. June. <laughs> January. 
months and months ago. They were in, they were into quarantine by like the fifteenth or so, so it had to be a month ago. Yeah, so he's had a month break. Played the ATP Cup, and now he takes on Novak Djokovic, who is still. If Kratsev wins that match, that is a big thing. Yep. Not only is he world number one, he's defending champion, and every time he's made it to, I think, the quarters? The semis, I think. He's never not reached the semi and then not won the tournament. If he's made it that far, he he wins. He goes on to win. So it'll be pretty epic if the qualifier does come through, but it is a big challenge ahead of him. Australia's Dylan Alcott defeated Sam Schroeder from the Netherlands, 6-1, 6-love. In he, just over an hour. They transferred, they transferred that match from Rod Laver Arena to Margaret Court Arena due to the yeah, once the previous match game. Once the Nadal sister pass match went to a fifth, they had to move it to Margaret Court Arena. But, yeah, um, Alcott dropped the first game, lost his serve, but then mm-hmm. won every other game from there to gain his seventh consecutive Australian Open title. So he's a bit of a personality, Dylan, and he stars in one of our favourite ads on <laughs> online when, when you watch the I got it on just regular version. TV today. Uh, when I was watching Medvedev, Rublev, it came up just in the ads. It's an ANZ ad, an and we've ad. just seen it so many times, and it played not just this year, but in previous, at least last year, if not the year before uh, as well. So we've just seen it so many times that it's just... Two commentators pretend to do a cross to Dylan and he's busily looking at his app and his ANZ financial wellbeing app and he's celebrating and doesn't Uh, realise and then they're like, uh, Dylan, we are live and that line is just iconic now. Yeah, we've seen it about a hundred (laughs) times at least. Yeah, one time we were watching a match every change of ends, they played it, (laughs) not just once. (laughs) Anyway, Dylan Orcott, Australian Open winner once again in the quad wheelchair singles. And in slightly unrelated news, um, Sophia Kennan has announced via social media that she actually had to have her appendix removed on, I think, Monday Monday. or Tuesday. So that... She went to the tournament physician, I can't say that word, just with some acute abdominal pain. They assessed her and said, go to hospital. And then she had a CT scan and they found acute appendicitis. And pulled them out, so that it's could not. possibly explain her poor form in Australia. I don't know. Anyway, she did say it was nerves, but possibly at the Australian Open at least. But possibly that's why she got she had a big surprise shock upset loss out of the Phillip Island Trophy, a little tournament they're doing at Melbourne Park again, and she lost to an unranked Australian. Yep. So that could possibly be the reason, some pain from her appendix. Yep, so she is recovering now in Australia. She's oh, and also, big news for Melbourne, we have crowds back oh, as yes. of day 11 tomorrow, the because the SNAP five-day lockdown in Melbourne has been lifted. So they're letting 7,500 in. Which will be great to see crowds yet again cheering on their favourites, although... Ash Barty's gone, so they won't be cheering for her. But it will still be great to have crowds, although we have had fake crowds. Yeah, they've been a bit. The they've been a bit controversial. I like uh, them. 
Because otherwise, when someone wins, like, hits a great point, it's just silent and it's just sad and awkward. So at least you have the fake crowd. There's something there. I don't know if the players can hear it or if it's just over TV. Probably just over TV. TV. But it just makes it less awkward, although they do sometimes accidentally put, or I don't know if it's intentional, little cheers in the middle of a point and that. But something the NRL did when they came back from the COVID, COVID shutdown for that competition. So to give a bit of atmosphere, Channel 9 and Foxtel decided to insert crowd noises that had been pre-recorded. So some people like it, some people hated it. The tennis ones were right. The tennis I thought was quite good, but yeah. the rugby league ones I hated. <laughs> the tennis one, it wasn't opinion. like a crazy, whoa, this no, is so amazing. Not over the top. Although apparently there was one where Simona Hunt double faulted and it was a pretty big cheer. <laughs> but I didn't see that. Uh, but from my experience, I liked it because day one of the lockdown, they, they didn't have anything. It was just so quiet and so uh, awkward. I didn't even feel like it, it was just sad to watch. So once they at least had a crowd, it, it made it a bit less uh, awkward. Improved the atmosphere. But good news, we're back to having crowds tomorrow. Yep. So that rounds up our day 10 summary and our look ahead to day 11. Got a women's semi-final, big day. Two women's semi-finals. Uh, it's the women's semi-finals day. Yep. And, and, and crowds. Yep. And the men's semi-final at night. So don't forget to check out our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Ravish Tennis and go check out the website ravishtennis.com I'm Rob and I'm Alicia and this is the Ravisha Tennis Podcast See you guys later Bye